So there. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. Why do you keep saying let us know your thoughts? Let me know your thoughts to me is a nice lead-in for So There. So There. Welcome to episode 14 of So So There. There. I'm Tom Karamaitis with the Leo Burnett Company. I'm Gary Doyle of the Kramer Kresseltz. And it's been quite a while. Quite a while. It has been a while. Our, Our following has been wondering what's going on. Actually, nobody has, but uh, we like to think they have been. Our following has found other outlets. And will they come back? We'll have to really wow them with episode 14. Yeah, a lot of pressure here. A lot of pressure. So if it feels like we're pressing like professional athletes do and they're trying a little bit too hard and maybe not performing as well as they would, that's why, where we might be pressing. So let's kick things off, episode 14. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, what I call the Tom Karamaitis death sentence. (laughs) I give death sentences to, to, um, usually to to, uh, businesses that have wronged me. And I think uh, after describing a couple of these incidents, you the listeners will understand my white hot rage And maybe we'll have a few things of your own that you might want to write in and tell us about. The death sentence originated a long time ago when I was at a Denny's. We had, my wife and I had been house hunting and we went to Denny's for dinner on the way home. Wow, what a guy you are. Well, we're saving all of our money for the down payment. Uh, And I ordered a plate of spaghetti, spaghetti and meat sauce. I figured, how hard can that be? I I received a plate of spaghetti, and the edges of the spaghetti were kind of cold and hard along the outside of the plate, um, leading me to believe that this spaghetti had been kind of sitting out for a while. So I asked the waitress um, if she could remake the spaghetti, because this didn't seem fresh to me. So she took it back, and then returned five minutes later with the exact same plate having just been microwaved. So now those dried pasta strands on the periphery of the dish were still dried, but now they were hot. How did you know that it was the same plate microwaved? Because it was, because the same, it was the same dried out spaghetti. The spaghetti uh, on the edge of the plate, which is not covered by sauce, was, was crusty and hard. It was not fresh pasta. Okay. All right. So there on that afternoon, many years ago, the Tom Karamidas death sentence was born. And it lay dormant for quite a while until I had another food-related incident at a a takeout pizza place in my neighborhood. We ordered a pizza, and we ordered it half cheese and half pepperoni. And when the the, the, the salesman rang it up, he charged me for an entire pepperoni pizza. And I said, but I only got half pepperoni. Shouldn't you charge me the difference between the pepperoni pizza and the cheese pizza. And he said, no, we can't do that. And I said, but I didn't get pepperoni on the whole pizza. So then I said, I'll tell you what, if you won't make an adjustment in the cost, I'd like you to give me the extra pepperoni on the side in a paper cup. Well, then it kind of just kind of spiraled down from there. And that pizza place, which I believe was called Yogi's, 
has never again been visited by Tom Karamitis. So does the death sentence manifest itself in any kind of, I mean, you don't literally put them to death, do you? No, the death sentence means I will never set foot in that, in that place of business again. You shan't. Yes, we shan't perform together again. Uh, no one, I might add, no one and no thing has ever come back from the death sentence. It is my personal fatwa. <laughs> Did you ever think of with the pizza saying, uh, okay, char- if you're going to charge me for a full order, full order of pepperoni, put the full amount on the half of the pizza. Like, you know what I mean? You're going to put it on half, but it's going to be the full amount that you would usually put on the whole amount, but that'll be a lot on the half. But then you're getting your allotment of pepperoni. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Um, The pizza, when I came to pick it up, was already cooked, so it would have just been cold pepperoni being thrown on it. Um, It also, I think, would have thrown off the delicate cheese pepperoni balance on that half. And frankly, I I was rattled. I was rattled that they would not make that simple adjustment. And I got angry, and the only, and I just turned to the old tried-and-true death sentence. Is the Tom Karamitis death sentence, does that bear any resemblance to brooding? Well, I will say uh, it, it does put me in a foul mood for a while. Uh, but I do find there's something oddly liberating about imposing the death sentence. In my own quiet, personal way, I know I have said my piece. Now, I, I, there has been one exception to the death sentence, and that was I was shooting a commercial in a place called Pahrump, or Pahrump, Nevada. We, we got Outside in, of Las Vegas. Yes, yes. Yes, Got in there very late at night, and the only place open was a Denny's, so I had no choice. It was starvation or, or giving a temporary stay of execution to Denny's. So your personal fatwa is against all Denny's, not just the one oh, where yes. you had the... Yes. I think that's extreme. Yes, it is the chain. It is the chain. Um, uh, th- there was one other uh, incident uh, that, that, that I'll just tell you about briefly because it really, it really did set me off. I went into a, a restaurant with my wife for dinner, and there was no table available, so we were standing by the bar waiting for a table to open up, and the, the, the bartender was one of those guys, he like thinks he's on Cheers or something. He's kind of trying to yuck it up with all the patrons, and he looks at me. And I'm, admittedly, the restaurant is hot and crowded, and I'm a little bit irritated. And he looks at me and he says, try smiling. That really set me off. Now, what I should have done at that point was walk down. That's loathsome. That is loathsome. Because how does he know that I'm not coming in there having visited a sick friend or there's something very wrong? You know, to say that to somebody, he doesn't know me. That that person deserves to be punched. It's like the guy in Office Space. Remember that movie, Office Space? Somebody said to the person that was in a bad mood, somebody's got a bad case of the Mondays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it really, and, and uh, I look back sometimes on these incidents and think, why didn't I walk out? I should have walked out. In that case, I would have been ruining somebody else's dinner as well. Uh, and I would need to rise above it. Is there a list of people to whom you've assigned the death sentence, people or places, or would that be for the next pod to, uh, to kind of compile this list? I pretty much covered the list of places. There is one person I won't divulge on the podcast, <laughs> but my family knows who he or she is. Do I know? No. So there. Gary Doyle would like to talk about train gambits to avoid paying for tickets. <laughs> so, 
Take notes, all you college kids out there. <laughs> Gary Doyle and Tom Karamitis ride the Metra. As our faithful listeners know, we ride the Metra, and we have various observations. You may have recalled the sachet maneuver. Yeah, I think we've talked about chatty conductors. I think we've talked about men who wear cowboy hats on the train. Maybe we haven't, but men who ride the train to the North Shore wear cowboy hats. Men who fold their sports jackets like they're the Shroud of Turin. The Shroud of Turin gambit. Um, So we have a a lot to talk about with the Metro, but now I would like to share some tips with our listeners to avoid paying for tickets on the Metro. And let me say that none of these are illegal. None of these are uh, are uh, unlawful, uh, and they're all quite justifiable because the metra, for those of you who don't ride it, is almost never on time, and I mean never. And when I say never on time, it might be five minutes late, it might be fifteen minutes late, it might even be just a minute or two late, but it's almost never on time. And so Gary Doyle has no qualms about angling. For a free ride. All right, so here's uh, ways to get out of pain for a ticket on the Metro. First one is the one I call the head down maneuver. So when the conductor comes by to take your ticket, and by the way, these all only work with a 10 ride ticket, not with a uh, that 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 app. I will never get the app. But uh, the head down maneuver is when the conductor comes by to take your ticket, you act like you are working furiously on something and absorbed in your task and you pay them no attention and often they just walk past you and think that they've taken your ticket you don't pay for a you don't pay for a train ride free ride boom the head down maneuver all right one of that for those of you who don't live in chicago one of the reasons that that maneuver works is that our faithful railroad uses 1930s era technology and has a hole puncher and they punch a hole in your ticket to indicate you've used one of your 10 rides. This is the same organization that fought tooth and nail the notion of credit cards. Yes, for many years they said, we are not going to have credit cards. This is the same organization that literally their trains are on rails and even in perfect weather they struggle to to be on time. So again, no qualms. Okay, the next maneuver is called the I thought, I on- I thought only nine holes had been punched maneuver. All right. So when you have all 10 holes punched in your 10 ride ticket, sometimes they're a little inexact with how they punch them and one number will be kind of punched. There will really be 10 punches on there, but it might look like nine because they slightly overlapped one number. Dare I use the phrase hanging Chad? Hanging Chad. So Gary Doyle has no qualms about trying to get them a free ride out of, even though it's been punched 10 times, they'll punch it an 11th time because it looks like it's only been punched nine times. In fact, I've gotten as many as 12 rides out of a 10-ride ticket. Okay, that's the I thought only. Oh, I just hit the symbol. <laughs> I just hit the symbol. That's a that's a blooper. A Gary Doyle inexplicable rim shot. That's for the uh, blooper outtake CD that's coming out this fall. It's Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas. Uh, <laughs> um, for, for, for subscribers, actually. Perhaps that could be a a gift for subscribers? For subscribers that are paying full undiscounted subscriptions. Yes, ad free. <laughs> okay, um, third tactic. Uh, um, another tactic is when employing B, which is the I thought nine holes had been punched maneuver, hand it to them quickly. 
hand it to them, hand, extend your arm and hand it to the ticket to them quickly. And what they do is they subconsciously check it quickly because you're in a hurry. You're shoving it at them and they'll quickly check it and they'll see, they'll think you have 10 punches, hand it back to you quickly, boom, extra ride. That's been known to work. Okay, fourth gambit to avoid paying for tickets. The I can't find my ticket anywhere in my bag maneuver. So when the conductor comes by, search frantically in your bag for your ticket. Just kind of make a big show of it like OJ trying to put on the glove. Remember and that didn't fit? That kind of like pantomime this whole like, ah, I don't know where my ticket is, even though it's in your front pocket. And they'll, they'll move on and often uh, forget to come back. Fifth gambit, the forgot my wallet maneuver. That's pretty self-explanatory. I, I, only, I only employ that, by the way, when I do forget my wallet. Um, and then finally, a couple other next-level gambits, which I don't personally employ, but, but do work. The hiding-in-the-bathroom maneuver <laughs> when the conductor comes by. And finally, and this is truly next-level stuff, and by the way, my wife used to do this when she was in high school. The laying-down-in-the-upper-level coat space maneuver. Oh, where they can't see you because you're they can't see you because you're laying down yeah. where the coats are on the upper level. There are my train gambits to avoid paying for tickets. There's another bonanza that I think uh, all of the passengers can reap when the train is really crowded because there's been a breakdown on another train or for some inexplicable reason. People are standing in the aisles. Often the conductors just can't make it through and everyone on the train who had a 10-ride ticket gets a free ride. That's true. That's not really a gambit because that requires no... Um, no uh, maneuvering on the part of uh, somebody. It's just good fortune because the train's overloaded and they're not. The things that I'm describing are kind of stealth maneuvers to avoid paying for tickets. And I would say, I'm guessing that my success rate is maybe 10 to 15%. 10 to 15% of the time, I don't pay for a metro ride. Would Gary Doyle actually, on the upper level, lie on the sticky floor and sticky because combination of urine and old beer just to avoid paying six dollars for his trip home absolutely not the the hiding in the bathroom maneuver and the laying down in the upper level maneuver are both next level maneuvers that gary doyle would not stoop to do so there so there And now it's time for Redux, where we visit a topic that we've discussed before. And I've revisited this topic many times because I'm never, I, I, it just, and I'm sorry if I'm, I'm, I'm probably sound really pissed off tonight. And I, not my intention, but it's a lot of venom coming forth. But uh, I discovered something at my health club over the weekend, a phenomenon and just really kind of had me do a slow burn, even had me anticipating issuing a new death sentence. It's something that you health club aficionados, you, you workout, uh, uh, workout people will know. It's called supersets. A superset, what? it's called a superset. And I don't it, like the sound of that. Well, what it is, is apparently you go back and forth between two pieces of equipment Right, real quickly, one after the other, you monopolize two pieces of equipment at once. You do a bunch of biceps, then you move over to the chest machine, so no one else can use either piece of equipment. And, and when I've tried to commandeer the piece of equipment that's not being used at that moment, the person will say, hey, dude, I'm doing a superset. <laughs> First of all, I don't like to be called dude, but that's a subject for another day. 
I knew that. Uh, just to me, especially in a crowded health club, that's just that's just the ultimate in in just self-absorbed narcissistic behavior at the health club. Wow, my health club is filled with all kinds of irritants and irritating behavior, but I've never heard of a superset. Supersets. Supersets available for nineteen ninety nine at all Bamburgers. <laughs> I would like to, uh, my redux has to do with athletes' interesting names. So we talked about, actually this came out of, I think this sprung from Gary Doyle's uh, item about interesting names from the New York City police roles, which was names like um, the Reverend De Chicken La Holmes. Uh, and then it became athletes names odd athletes names like Dabrickashaw Ferguson there was also a uh, I don't think we talked about this in the pod last time there was a guard who played for North Carolina named God Shamgod his first name was God and his second name was Shamgod G-O-D was his first name yeah God God Shamgod uh, but then uh, Tom Karamitis let me know in the NFL draft a couple of weeks ago, the Green Bay Packers, Tom Karamitis' favorite team, even though he is not from Wisconsin and has never lived in Wisconsin and oddly roots for the Green Bay Packers, even though he lives in the Chicagoland area. But that's beside the point. Uh, the Green Bay Packers drafted a player named Equinamius St. Brown. Equinamius St. Brown. I believe it's Equinemius. Equinemius St. Brown. The funny thing was Tom Karamitis texted me that there was a player from Notre Dame named Equinemius St. Brown. And then five minutes later <laughs> texted me, and of course the Packers just drafted him. <laughs> and the only reason they drafted him was they liked his name. <laughs> you get down to the later rounds of the draft and you're just looking for something to... <laughs> Oops, I just nope. hit the... <laughs> Another blooper, another blooper hit the uh, symbol again. Um, reminiscent of, yes, I have somebody to make fun of for the Packers should he make their club. Reminiscent of, remember, uh, who? Rashan Aman Salam. Wasn't that what you called him, the uh, pack, the Bears running back? Yes. Rashad Ahmad Salam. Rashan, wasn't it? Rashan Salam? Rashan, yeah, but he had a middle name that you, lo- you found yeah. out about, and then it, it, it all rhymed, so that became... Did he die? He did. Okay. <laughs> we, leave you, we leave you on that note. It, it's interesting, we started on Tom Karamitis' death sentence, and we end on death. Well, we don't have any listener. We don't have any viewer mail to read this week, or listener mail, or listener mail either. We checked both buckets. We probably received enormous amounts, but Yahoo's servers were unable to handle the volume because Yahoo is a little bit deficient. So keep the mail coming. We'll get to it next week. Remember, it's uh, so there at yahoo.com. And until next time, this is Gary and Tom saying. So there!